0: On today's episode we discuss the alarming trend of terrible officiating in the NFL. We also recap the wild super wild card weekend round of the NFL playoffs and Sean McVay makes his decision but will he stay or will he go? This and much much more. It's time to sideline the agenda. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda, the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically, nothing is out of bounds, and every subject is fair game. Coming up, Brady goes bust, and the growing theme of bad officiating is becoming obscene. But first, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to Sideline the Agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Welcome, everybody, to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott. With me is Kevin and Chris. We've done it. We have uh, made our way through the first round of uh, NFL NFL playoffs. Uh, we're going to definitely be talking about that today. Thank you guys so much for joining us here. Um, we're also going to, of course, uh, cover uh, McVeigh and his decision on whether or not he's going to return to uh, the head coaching position for the Los Angeles Rams. Um, you know, we're going to also uh, probably talk a little bit about the preview for the uh, NFL divisional round of uh, of playoffs, uh, the, the next stage where we go from here. Uh, but uh, first, gentlemen, how are we doing, everybody? Well did you did you did you have a good weekend?
1: I had a great weekend. Lots of good games. Yeah, that's for, for amazing
2: sure. weekend. Definitely lived up to the hype, and I'm super hyped for next week and coming up. It's going to be nice. Yeah, it's definitely me me as well. All right, well, let's just kick it off uh, with the Los
0: Angeles Rams. Uh they are expected to pick up a uh, star uh quarterback Matthew Stafford uh 2023 uh option bonus and 2024 salary by the f- by the third day of the league year, uh, and this, of course, is a, a, according to Adam Schefter from uh, ESPN, uh, the option bonus and 2024 salary will pay Stafford a combined $62 million in guaranteed money. Um, so uh, that's a lot of money. And, and Stafford's, uh, uh he, he's definitely going to be happy about that. Uh, Stafford, he was facing questions about the possibility of retiring after missing the Rams' final seven games. Uh, he will return for at least one season to play under coach Sean McVay, who will be back in L.A. in 2023. That's right. McVay said in his end-of-season news conference that he would be uh, taking the appropriate time to make a decision on his future, but the Rams announced that McVay will return as head coach. The Rams are coming off a five and twelve season, McVay's worst losing campaign since he was hired in Los Angeles in 2017, and they did they they, they definitely dealt with injuries. Uh, the injuries of including Max Matt Stafford, uh, wide receiver Cooper Cup, and defensive tackle Aaron Donald. Stafford, who turns 35 next month, ended the season on injured reserve with a spinal cord contusion and twice spent time in the concussion protocol though the former uh, Pro Bowler uh, reiterated that he didn't really think about retiring while dealing with the injuries and feels really comfortable and confident in moving forward. Uh, so uh, Chris, you know, resident uh, uh, fellow Los Angeles Rams fan, happy? Are you? we happy? You happy that McVay's returning? And are you happy that uh, they decided to move forward with quarterback Matt Stafford?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm glad Sean listened to our podcast where we were calling him out. And uh, I'm sure we weren't the only ones that you can't go out like that. You know, you're kind of going to be given a little bit of a pass for what happened this year because people kind of understand you got your top three marquee names all basically not playing half the season. Uh, so you you can't go out like that. And he did his quote was something like he, he doesn't want to run from adversity. He wants to run through it. So a round of applause for McVay for staying for at least one more season. Uh, Stafford's kind of a no brainer. You saw what the quarterback situation is like without him and it's not good. Uh, Perkins is horrible. Doesn't belong in the league whatsoever. Not even on a practice squad. Same thing with Wolford. Uh, and, uh, Mayfield is just serviceable as a backup. Um, you know, maybe he'll go somewhere else. We'll see, uh, if he wants to stay on for cheap because he's not worth any kind of money. And the, the Rams are definitely strapped for cash, especially paying Stafford 60 plus million dollars, million.
0: but that's
1: kind of the going rate for quarterbacks nowadays. So it just kind of is what it is there. So Rams got a lot of work to do. They got a lot of uh cap to free up. I think they've got some, uh, cap to lower off and uh, trade some guys we'll see what donald ends up deciding to do Uh, i think the rams if he decides to come back they're going to keep them though i think they should really consider shipping them out for some picks free up some cap space you can use that towards other free agents i think uh, Allen robinson needs to go for sure Um, if you can get any picks because at least you can free up some cap there because uh I I think the receiving court looks much better with Cup Jefferson and Atwell with Higby out there uh, so we'll, we'll see what they do but I'm definitely glad that mcVeigh's coming back he's got to get some good coordinators in there a better offensive coordinator better defensive coordinator and the Rams will be right back to contention again next season so kudos to mcVeigh for for sticking it out.
2: Yeah, I think it's kind of funny, though. Stafford's coming back because he's going to collect that huge paycheck. (laughs) Now is kind of his money year, and uh, honestly, you can't really blame him. But uh, I think everyone expects a lot out of Stafford this next year coming back, you know, with winning the Super Bowl and then kind of coming out flat. It seemed like he had – I don't know what he was doing over the summer, but he just seemed like he what he didn't have the arm. He didn't. He kind of started with like a rubbery arm and wasn't hitting his targets, missing open throws, um, and so what have you. Now he's got the you know efficient, adequate time to rest up and provide you know a, a really good year. Have a, have a comeback, have a bounce back, and then um, having McVeigh there as well. I mean that's I mean. That, that should be a, a, definitely a, a dynamic duo where they're already used to working together. So, I mean, they're just going to build on top of what needs to be strengthened and, and a, what are their weaknesses are. And then... If they remain with the same wide receiver, I agree with you, Chris. The same wide receiver core. I mean, and the running backs. It seems like they could put anybody back there. The only thing is that offensive line. We kind of talked yeah. about it all year, but um, yeah, they should have. They should be bouncing back. They should have a promising year, and I expect nothing but the best out of the Rams. Um, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, quick in. Uh, quick downfall from you know, the 49ers and the other people in that division. <laughs> and you know, a little help from your friends don't hurt, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah I think it's w- real interesting. One little thing is uh, one of the things we try to do with this show is point out these little narratives that the media tries to conjure up and sideline them because – This whole thing about, oh, is Stafford going to retire? Like, oh, I think he's going to retire. Yeah, he's just tired of dealing with all these injuries. Like, where did this come from? It didn't come from Stafford. This is the media conjuring this crap up. What, just for clip? clickbait like what is that crap what is all these little narratives that they come out with like oh he needs to retire is he going to retire oh yeah he, his wife is is telling him that oh they you know they've had enough of the concussions blah, blah blah it's just really weird that they they come up with these little narratives like that and push them and get them out there and then when it actually comes down to the player that was like yeah i never even considered that i know i was gonna bring <laughs> it's that just up so
0: stupid exactly because i mean like you said i mean, i'm so glad you brought that up because that was going to be literally my next question was like you have Matt Stafford saying, Hey, I would never even considered retiring. Where the hell did this narrative come from? Uh, you know, and it's, and I'm so glad that you, you, you took that on because it's like, there, there is definitely like this crap coming from you know the the the, the corporate sports media. I don't know, maybe, maybe you could get really conspiracy theory and think like uh, uh, from the head office they want him gone or something. I don't think that's the case, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, nonetheless, you know uh, that uh, narrative getting out there and being released. It's like you know, come on, like there, there's always something nefarious afoot, you know, in in the background, you know. Somebody, yeah, and they were they were talking strings, about that you know? like
1: halfway in the season, right? They were already bringing it up, like. Week eight, week nine, they're like, oh, it might be his last season. McVay's probably going to go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Meddling, man. They're constantly, yeah. well, I mean, they're trying to, uh, you know, create the drama for their next story, their next uh, article, yeah. their next uh, their next lead. Um, speaking of uh, of uh, coordinators, you're absolutely right. Of course, offensive coordinator for the Rams, he's, he's heading out to what, like Kentucky or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, and and of course, wins. it would be wonderful to get rid of the uh, defensive coordinator. And there might be a former L.A. Rams coordinator, defensive coordinator, who might be in need of a job. And of course, I'm speaking about about Brandon Staley uh, uh, head coach of the Chargers might yeah. potentially be Oof. former head coach of the Chargers. We'll of course talk about that later in the show. Uh, but isn't that that uh, uh, interesting? I, I doubt that would be the case. Hard to take that kind of step back once you're at that head coaching yeah. position, but you know, it, it might be a necessity at this point, but uh, who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later. Um, so uh, glad as well. Just wanted to reiterate happy that McVeigh's made the decision to come back. I think it would have been a terrible look for for his brand, for his legacy, for for L.A., for for everybody involved, if uh, yeah, he had his little sandbox created, and Uncle Stan Gronky paid, bought, and paid for his little sandbox, and and perfectly set it up the way that it that it that it could be for for him to uh, find his way to the Super Bowl, only to uh, uh, shit the proverbial bed the following season, going five and twelve, and just be like, well, I'm done, I'm gone. See you guys <laughs> later. So I'm happy that uh, at least there's uh, it, and and you know what the other thing is the the broadcast booth. It ain't going anywhere. He's what, like 36. Right. I mean, he's got yeah. plenty of time to get yeah. his ass in the booth, uh, have a little self-respect, c- go out with a little bit of pride, at least tie yourself to like a nine and eight season and then move on if that's the situation. But, uh, you know, he he's got weapons. He's got, he's got things yep. that he can use. Like, he I does, think yep. it's all, it's all up from, 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 he <laughs> can't get, well, it can, but, uh, hopefully it can't get any worse than, than five and 12. And you know, what else can't get worse is the officiating speaking out of the Rams. Um, I wanted to read this uh, brief part section of this article from Adam Schefter as well from ESPN Uh, after multiple multiple controversial officiating decisions uh, referring to Sunday's playoff shaping game that was between the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks Seahawks. You guys remember that one multiple executives and coaches said that the NFL needs to reevaluate how it chooses and trains its officiating staff for future seasons. Those same executives and coaches said game officials and the league missed multiple calls that helped key the Seahawks' overtime victory over the Rams, that sent Seattle to Saturday's wild card round and prevented the Detroit Lions from reaching the playoffs. Even the NFL's competition committee is aware of what one source described to ESPN as the worst officiated game of the year. Another team executive not associated with either the Rams or the Lions told ESPN there is a real groundswell of unhappiness with officiating that is much deeper than I've seen. And frankly, I haven't seen it. Uh, this league i haven't seen uh, frankly i haven't seen in this league in years uh I, i think that this is a reoccurring thing that we obviously saw carry through even into the wild card weekend and we can talk about these in greater detail um but as as far as just uh, overall, uh, you know, observation. What are you guys thinking in regards to the trend of bad officiating, uh, backing up in relationship to such a pivotal moment for uh, that Rams uh, Seattle Seahawks game? That was a very formative game, um, of course, restricting Detroit Lions the ability to to you know go to the wild card playoffs and allowing Seattle to move forward. Um, it's, it's, I feel like the, the, the officials are too involved. They're, they're getting way too involved in the game and they're controlling too much of the outcome and just becoming too much of a, um, just, a, you know, they, they are becoming the factor, right? The X factor. Yep. It's, it's not the turnover or the fumble, you know, that ends up deciding a game now, seemingly it's a bad call. Uh, yep. You know, and we've seen this multiple times. Um, I, I I don't know. Should we we speak on this now or should we just start getting into the wild card weekend and just, you know, as as this uh, ticks up? But, you know, going back to that Rams Seahawks game, there was multiple bad calls. Of course, the roughing the kicker call where, you know, the <laughs> player was literally pushed into the kicker. Kicker even like kind of turns around to try to catch the guy. Uh, you know, and, and that's called roughing. The, that that changed that game on a dime. Um, and then, yep. of course, there was the whole, you know, Geno Smith running into uh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, as Jalen Ramsey's literally standing on the sideline and Jalen Smith runs right into him. Ramsey lowers his shoulder probably again out of, uh, you know, uh, of habit, you know. Uh, and, and and then that's called, you know, like just countless, countless uh, uh, calls, even in this game alone uh you know when something is so formative when it is literally deciding who goes to the playoffs and who doesn't um don't you think that officiating they should have more of a uh, uh let's let's kind of swallow the whistles here let's kind of let them play opposed to being such a factor such a formative factor in regards to who uh, who the decision of who moves forward
1: yeah the officiating has been an ongoing subject for us all season. I mean, we've been talking about it since probably week two. The Referee Accountability Act. I've been (laughs) campaigning for that all season long, especially ever since uh, the refs robbed the Chiefs of a victory against the Colts with with that ridiculous call on Chris Jones where he's just talking (laughs) to a different another player and the ref you know, gets in there and throws a flag, and we saw that again this this last weekend with the Chargers, where a ref literally runs up into a player's face and then throws a flag. Like these refs, yeah, they're really getting involved, and it, yeah, we'd like to take obviously not have them be a factor and take more of a back seat, but also they've got to make the obvious calls, like you're talking about the Rams Seattle game that was just egregious. Right. It was horrible. Uh, they're, they're making calls that shouldn't be calls. And then they're not making the obvious calls. <laughs> like the guy has an interception and just taunts, you know, Bobby Wagner on the sideline. They don't call that Metcalf headbutts Ramsey and they don't call that. It, there's just so many different calls and it, it is an issue. And, uh, you know, this, this would be a time for the players association. If you got all these players and then you've also got, you know, owners that are here, that are getting, uh angry about this. The players association got to get involved. The owners got to get involved and they got to come to the NFL and say, Hey, this is a problem. This has to be fixed because not only is it just screwing teams over, but the fans are getting pissed off as well. And now I'm starting to see a whole lot of chatter online where people just think it's fixed, right? Like it's it's yeah. getting to the point where people are just like, Oh yeah, the NFL is rigging this game for this team. Uh, th- this one is fixed for Seattle. Oh, this one is fixed for Buffalo. Oh, this one is fixed. And, and you got fans that are saying they're not going to be fans for much longer. If your league starts getting that reputation where the people are really thinking that games are fixed, Uh, it's not a good look. And even someone like myself that doesn't necessarily believe that it's fixed, you watch a game like that Seattle and Rams game, and it, it almost looked like it really was because... They didn't want the Lions to go in and they wanted Seattle to go in or Green Bay to go in is what oh, it looked like The league like to loves me.
0: Seattle, man. We've, yeah, we've known so this for a while. It,
1: it's not a good look. They got to fix it. The Players Association, they got to come together and have some accountability for the refs. And uh, they got to get some better referees in there because, you know, it's something we've talked about. It's It seems like this equity agenda is all over the place where now you're, you're making sure that you're hitting all the demographics with your referees, but are you getting the best people in there? And that's one thing that the equity agenda doesn't take into account. They're not necessarily going after who is the best person available, regardless of skin color, regardless of gender. I mean, that's what Martin Luther King would want. We just celebrated Martin Luther King day, but we ignore everything that he stood for. Right. And, uh, you know, just on his grave in that as as acting like they're celebrating it. It's not who's best for the job. It's, it's who can do the job that can also check this box. Right. And that is also harming the league. It's harming the quality of the officiating. And they, the, the NFL is having a mess on their hands, and they've got to fix it. But... You know, we've seen it in uh, in politics all over the place. They will gladly uh, fall on the sword in the name of the agenda and put out a crappy
2: product as long as they're checking those boxes. They don't care. See, that's part of the problem, though. As the as the refs are concerned, you know, you guys are right. These guys are the ones making the making the big time calls in the game, switching the momentum, you know, switching and even play, you know, field advantage uh, or, or, you know, field positioning and just changing the course of the game just for, you know, for one flag. I I, I always think that, uh, or at least we've been talking about it for, for the past year, but even since like even Tom Brady years, we, we were starting to see these uh, big time calls, you know, kind of change the course of the game, obviously flip the momentum and then put the, you know, advantage in a certain particular team And then now it's becoming... you know, so common. It's almost damn near every game. There's one big time call which just flips the game. It's like, oh, since that call, everything went down this way. And I mean, that's kind of a common thing. And I, I mean, I, I'm a big advocate for the refs. At least now, I feel like they need to be retrained. And honestly, the guys that have been there for a long time maybe have strings, and maybe they're pulling strings. You know, behind closed doors. And that's where everyone's saying, hey, you know, this must be rigged or this and that. But I mean, I, I I'm a firm believer. If you guys are winning down. You guys just hold on to the flag Keep that flag tucked in your pocket If you don't know The booth will review it for you Especially if it's a questionable call But we see questionable calls all the damn time And honestly let's be honest guys Any giving play they can th- they can throw a flag yeah. and call holding. There's right. there's tons of holding every single play. Let's be honest. You zero in on certain areas. There's probably going to be some little tug or something going. On, but it's, it's a, they stick to the 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 yeah. most obvious it's calls, right? Obvious. If it's a pi, if it's a, a passing interference, you know, make sure the ball's at least catchable. I see that yeah. nowadays <laughs> It drives me nuts. The guy throws it out of bounds like passing interference. Like dude, there's no even play on that on that. You know, on that throw, right. and so they're throw they're throwing these flags and then the personal you know the personal fouls and just the taunting and then the you know yeah, the stuff with the quarterback. it's it's getting ridiculous, and I think the NFL definitely needs to, you know talk about this and, yeah, like we've been saying, hold these refs accountable for changing the course of these games and not letting the teams and the coaching of the teams dictate the course of the games, and that's the real difference, and that's what fans want to see.
0: It's such a great point. There has to be an accountability system set up for for official, officials, for, you know, in the way that they officiate the game. Um, uh, coming to mind is the Joey Bosa incident that happened during the uh, Los Angeles Chargers Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. game. Um, he thought that he was being held. He was complaining about being held. Let me back up, actually, because here's 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 the issue. For me, when ego comes into play. If you're an official, an ego comes into play, you're not doing your job. And you're not yeah. doing your job right. It drives me nuts. I've said it before on the show when you have a, an umpire in Major League Baseball and he's ringing people up, you're out! you know, and he's, he's throwing his arm out, you know. Uh, and, and it's a big display. It, it shouldn't matter to him whether it's a ball or a strike, safe or out. It shouldn't matter. He should not care. There's no, to me, and again, you can make an argument, oh, it's just part of the entertainment and blah, 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 blah. No, I don't right. see it that way. I see it about ego. I see it some, somebody being like, yeah, I'm going to ring this guy up. you know. And if you <laughs> get there, Like I've said this before with a baseball. It's like a a guy who's ringing a guy out on strike three and making a big display of it. Like, like there needs to be some form of correction there. That 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 guy needs to stand in front of a committee or whatever, or be be investigated in regards to whether or not he's his calls are being swayed. Because again, the motion have, should nothing have nothing to do with it with an official. It's either holding or it's not. It's past interference. It's not. It's in, in bounds, out of bounds. Like I don't care. I don't care who wins. I don't care about any of this. And 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 now cutting back to that Joey Bosa incident where he thought he was being held. Whether you agree or not with if he was being held, you thought he was being held or not. He thought he was. Uh, he 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 made his complaint. To the officials, maybe not colored in the best way, you know, maybe not tactful, but uh nonetheless. And then you literally see the 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 official, like, what did you say to me? What did you say to me? Yeah, you know, running up, chasing Run up him down, face, running up face, after him. Right? Yeah, he's heading to the sidelines and he's running after he him. See, that guy's that. lost his shit. Exactly. There needs to be accountable accountability to that official because he's lost it right then and there when he starts chasing the player off the field <laughs> to get in his face, like, watch me do this, I'm reaching. For that yellow, blip, up in the air it goes. Yeah, sucker! I just hit you with a flag. That guy's not officiating at that point. It's all about him and his ego, and and him saying, you know, to to Joey Bosa, you can't tell me what to do, or you can't tell me nothing. You know, that's yep. a problem. That's a problem yeah. with the brand. That's a problem with an issue. And, and you know what? Again, whether you agree with Bosa or not, you know, uh, he's bringing up um, what we're talking about here is that. Now, because he, Bosa complains in the way that he did for that holding, what he perceived as a holding penalty, he's going to get Nailed with a forty grand, you know, uh, uh, fine, fine by the NFL, but there are no repercussions for that official. That guy's not being held accountable to the same level. Actually, uh, there, Joey Bosa did comment about that. I wanted to uh, play the uh, the the clip
2: right here. I think there just needs to be more accountability. On, uh, I mean, if I say something to them, I get a forty thousand dollar fine, but if they blow a call that ruins an entire team's season, they get to they're probably back in the locker room after the game like. (laughs) Got that. Uh, Yeah, got him 15 yards. What a loser. I guarantee it. That's what they're talking like.
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> despite the fact that he sounds like a stoner serial killer, uh, he, he's not necessarily wrong. And, and no. his main point is that they're, they they don't have the accountability that the players have, and why they don't right. because the the calls that they make literally affect those guys' money. They they affect because these guys get you know landmark uh, uh, payouts. You know, get to this uh, stage of uh, you know get to the playoffs, get to the next stage. And, you know, they, these guys all get bumps. They all get bonuses. They all get money. You know, and and the officials are literally messing with these guys. Is uh, uh, bank accounts and 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 the, and and also just the leagues and the franchise and the product and all, everything's all related, right? And it's all at some a group of of individuals that stand on the field that should be impartial and not care and not right. be emotionally involved and and uh, not get caught up in the drama and not swayed one way or the other and should just be cool, calm, and consistent. But it doesn't seem that way at all. Uh, the, the 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 sentence that stood out to me the most, that screamed out to me in, in Adam Schefter's report, was that multiple executives and coaches said the NFL needs to reevaluate how it chooses. And trains its officiating staff, so obviously yep. there are concerns from these executives and coaches that they are already privy to of of the way that they are choosing and training more probably more specifically choosing going back to your point, Chris, in regards who yep. does this person check a a, 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 a woke a, a virtue signaling people that uh, never box? played football yeah, in their life, you know? Yeah, well, th- we're gonna fast track this person because man, that's gonna make us feel good when we don't care if you know the 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 shade of the skin or or the ponytail or not of the individual you know what i'm saying like we just want somebody who is good and consistent uh and 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 that's going to ultimately to your point chris affect the product as a
1: whole yep yeah it really does and with bosa yeah i'm sure he thought he got held a couple times but i think the big one was the false start they missed that blatant false start And that was a game-changing play. You know, the Chargers, and both even admitted this, that they, they blew it. I mean, he got a 27-point lead. There's no way oh, yeah. it, and if it should come down to the officials. Uh, you got to win that game. But even though they blew it, that that still is a major call. And that absolutely helped the Jaguars. And it, it was a pretty obvious false start call. The guy jumps like a full half-second early. And I'm coming from his point of view. That's got to be extremely frustrating where you think you're getting held. This guy jumps early. It's not called. And then you get hit with the 15-yarder because you're venting your frustration, which then hurts your team even more. (laughs) And then later on, you're smashing your helmet on the sideline, like pretty much on your own sideline. And then you still get hit with another personal foul and you get ejected. I thought that was kind of lame. I mean, he shouldn't have been doing that. But like he was pretty much out of sight over there on his sideline, smash his helmet. So that's where, to your point, Scott, the ego that, you know, that ref was just on him like a hawk, just watching him the whole time, just waiting for him to do any little thing so he could he could throw that flag on him. And it uh, reminds me of uh, when you're talking about the umps, how, you know, they're trying to make a show and, and these guys yeah. reminds me of a quote of our our grandfather. would say, to little kids like you should be seen and not heard. (laughs) These umps you guys should be seen but not heard. You should try and make as little an impact as possible. Just call the obvious stuff and uh, get out of the way.
2: Yeah and to, to Bosa's point he's probably right that official was probably just egging him on and getting it under his skin. He knew it was working, but I, I do want to point out this whole past weekend with the whole wild card. I mean, I, I would say every single game was terribly officiated and I would say every single game was slanted in the home field advantage, which is very odd, very peculiar. And I don't get it, but you know, Jacksonville for them to come back, you know, Joey Bosa obviously dropped the ball for the defense with what three or four, you know, miscon we'll uh,
0: get into that, the, the, the breakdown part, but yeah, Yeah. I, I mean I know what you're saying and uh and and it, does, it to me it wasn't even just going back to Chris's point as far as the, like the league actually actively deciding who goes on to the next I would sway I would suggest that officiating almost seemed to swing towards who the bigger ticket item would be or who the right. league would want to win It's like you know there There's were the even uh, the other night with the Tom Brady and and, and the the Buccaneers there was a, a blatant holding call on their two point conversion and I don't know you know I I think that that's just uh uh you know coincidence you know and and and, and maybe the, the the mind sees what it wants to see but at the same time if something like this is happening consistently uh, you know, then it starts to create these narratives. And the best way to stifle and stop these narratives from developing is A, improve the product and B, have some form of accountability and transparency, yep. you know, and say, yeah, you know what? We did miss that call. And you know what? This individual has consistently missed calls and they're going to like not have a job anymore yeah. because you shouldn't. If you can't do the job that you have and you can't do it well, uh, then you shouldn't have your job i I think everybody could agree with that right you know uh regardless of what box you may check or or not you know like you you just shouldn't have your job you're not good (laughs) and you're destroying the overall product which is a multi-billion dollar product that that uh uh, can't can't uh you know not afford but uh shouldn't shouldn't uh you know lose its quality just for a couple of knuckleheads and uh in and, and, and striped clothing. Um, anyway, well, let's move on, actually. Then we can uh, break down some of those games uh, in that wild card round, Kevin. Uh, but before we do, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. Give us a five-star rating and tell your friends about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Yes, this last weekend marked the first round of the NFL playoffs, the wild, wild, wild card weekend, and it was kicked off by uh, perhaps that undeserving team, the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, They headed to uh, Santa Clara to take on the 49ers. Um, and of course they, uh, fell to the 49ers. The 49ers stomped the Seahawks 41, 23 Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, literally last man drafted, uh, who is filling in, in that QB slot, uh, after losing Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo has just, uh, you know, put, uh, he is just like amazing. I, I, I must admit, yeah. like, I am completely impressed. I, I have nothing bad to say about the guy. I don't even know if I've seen him turn the ball over yet. I, 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 I And, and he's, he's done nothing but win since taking over that quarterback position. Actually, I think it was against the Buccaneers. I'm not sure. You might correct me on that, but He's won like eight games or something like, I don't know. Maybe I made that up. I should look that up, but uh, he's, he's definitely totally legit. Like there's in my mind, there's no quarterback controversy here or in the future. Uh, The only controversy that the 49ers may have is, uh, uh, you know, where and how quick they can get rid of Trey Lance or, you know what I mean? Like what they're going to do with him. Uh, But I I think that Brock Purdy is, is their guy for sure. Um, 49ers, like I said, looked great on defense and offense. The Seahawks actually, you know, they, they held their own for for about three quarters and I think it was somewhere early in the third quarter yeah uh, Geno Smith he had that fumble in the red zone around like the 20 yard line or something and they just never seemed to recover from there and it was all 49ers from there on out. So that said with Brock Purdy as that uh, inexperienced rookie quarterback, what do you think is are the 49ers the team? Are they the favorite? do you see them uh, heading to to the to the big show the Super Bowl?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you listen to our last episode, I they are actually my pick coming out of the NFC. Uh, they, they just look damn good on both sides of the ball, and Purdy. I mean, since he's come in, if you run the numbers, he's he's been the top quarterback in the league, um, and his numbers are amazing. I think it obviously is the perfect situation for him because you got a great offensive line, a great defense, and you got nothing but weapons around you and a great offensive coordinator. Uh, you can run the ball, so you can do all kinds of play action. Um, yeah, Debo Samuel come back just in time for, for Seattle. It was somewhat of a close game in the first half, and he, he had his little bit of struggles and then the second, game, second half game, and just the dam broke open. They just blew him out. And uh, that's that's where the 49ers look kind of scary because even if their offense is going through some struggles, their defense will keep you close and then their offense is liable to just break it open at any moment. So they they're my pick to come out of the NFC and they might just win it all. I mean, they're on a massive win streak right now. I think they're 10 or 11 in a row, which uh, in the yeah. NFL is really hard to do. And uh for them to just throw in a rookie quarterback, I mean, even even though he is good, that just shows you the the quality of the team surrounding him. And you know, let's not forget that this was the team that Probably should have went to the Super Bowl last year. You know, the Rams got somewhat lucky um, with that dropped interception, but the Rams, you know, took advantage of that. Uh, so the 49ers, you know, they're they're on kind of a revenge tour because you know that that still is they're they're still thinking about that in the back of their mind. So they're going to be a very tough out. You know, if 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 they do end up matching, uh, they're going to be playing the Cowboys next week. That should be a good defensive battle. We'll we'll really kind of see what both teams are made of. Uh, but I still would expect the 49ers coming out on top of that, have a showdown with Philadelphia. And I I think that they're just a better overall team because they can do it all. They can run, they can defend, they can throw. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see what happens, but yeah, it's tough to pick against them right now.
2: Yeah. Classic night NFC, you know, West showdown, um, Seattle was hanging in there; it looked kind of promising uh, at the end of the first half. Uh, but uh, you know, Purdy they pulled away. But basically, they were just leaning on when, when and uh, when and where was Geno Smith going to turn the ball over? And since that happened, I mean, I knew he threw a pick, but that fumble was very costly at that time. Um, and yeah, they exploited it. San Francisco they got playmakers, Debo's scary, especially on the ground. And he's if he's healthy with the you know combination of um, Christian McCaffrey back there and. Plus they got the good tight end. Yeah, they're they're dangerous, um, especially in the postseason. But I think the only way that any of these teams are really gonna beat the Frisco is if they can force the rookie to make some I don't think he's a rookie, but force the the new quarterback in there, the young yeah, he's fresh baby. Yeah, he's- yeah, rookie, right? Six and So he did win six in a row, but you know, force him to to lose the game. Put pressure on him, make him have, you know those instant decisions where he has to, you know, throw the ball up or get it, you know, get rid of it um, and see how cool, uh, calm, cool and collected he actually can really be. And I think that the Cowboys have a good shot at doing that, uh, especially with their front four. I think they can put some pressure on him and see if they can, uh, you know, change his game, so to speak. But yeah, Frisco's scary and that was a big win for them.
0: Yeah, the Cowboys, they definitely did that to Brady the other night. And so I think you're absolutely right, Kevin. That's that, That'll that be the true test of Brock Purdy. I mean, the 49ers are rolling. They haven't lost since October. Uh, they are a tour de force, uh, especially on defense. But their offense, man, I mean, again, you know, it's easy to diminish to say the Seattle Seahawks. But it's like Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, drafted, what, 262, very last like person picked, right? Comes in, steps in playing in the wild card round uh, and, and he throws for 332 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he's running the yeah. ball That's you just don't do that. You know what I mean? Like they really truly do have something special there. And, and again, you know, I've got no love for, for the 49ers, you know, as a, as a Rams fan, but I was watching this game just completely impressed. I was like, God, there's just not a bad thing I can say about this kid. Like he's cool calm and collected he's or, he's running the team you can tell that he's holding guys accountable within within the huddle you know like it, he was he was managing the, the the 49ers offense as as a quarterback should and and uh it was uh, really refreshing to see and um to to see him go against Dallas and and to your point Kevin that defense that's going to be the great test and and is is he going to rise or is he going to fold i think he'll rise um, but uh, again, as I predicted in our previous show that, uh, you know, I, 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 I am expecting or was kind of banking on that, you know, that rookie mistake in, in the 49ers to fall that could still definitely happen against Dallas. But I don't know after what I saw against Seattle like I, I've he's got nothing but my confidence I think that they're definitely poised to uh to to go all the way um if not very deep and uh you know pot- potentially make their way to the to, to the Super Bowl if not win the whole thing I wouldn't be surprised because I think that um they've, they've got something definitely special going I mean you just look at all those numbers like Christian McCaffrey running for 119 yards Debo you know with his you know 32 rushing and 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 133 you know in the air it's just I mean they're are just they're they are a threat they've got one guy they i mean excuse me they have not just one guy if one guy isn't doing well they just go to the other and and then the other and they spread the ball and they've got so much talent on that squad it's like god who you you can't guard them all right you can't guard them all so uh the 49ers are definitely going to go deep and i i'm definitely looking forward to that matchup against uh, the dallas cowboys okay well let's uh to talk about them chargers right the los angeles chargers uh headed to jacksonville to take on the jaguars and this game was all Chargers, man. What were they up? 26 to nothing? 27. Uh, 27 nothing to excuse yeah. me. You're right. Uh, to nothing. Like what happened to the Chargers? They, they. we walked away from this game thinking it was completely over and uh, only to come back to see that uh, the Chargers, excuse me, the Jaguars were, were lined up for a game winning field goal. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> and uh, boy, did that, that ball go through the uprights and uh, Jacksonville walk away with the win. What happened? Uh, w- w- you know, how, how, who, how do you explain this other than this being extremely on brand for the chargers, um, to, to completely give a, a game away, uh, the way that they do in the second half. And then also too like, how do, what do, how do they move forward? Um, and, and, and I don't know, does Brandon Staley have a job after this? I mean, what are your collective thoughts about the chargers? And then, you know, what are you thinking about the Jaguars moving forward?
1: Yeah, this is really kind of a tale of two cities here. You got the Jaguars that just kind of never seemed to quit. They showed you both of the Jags. I was talking about all season, they're like a Jekyll and Hyde team. And this really came to fruition in this game, where you got four interceptions in the first half. The other team jumps out 27 nothing, And then they flip the script and turn into the opposite Jaguar team that's just one of the best teams in the league, it looks like. Uh, Lawrence throws for four touchdowns. You know, they come all the way back. Uh, they just got that never quit, never say die mentality, which, which is great from a young team. Um, don't expect them to go much further, but I, I think coming next, you know, two to three years, they're, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, and then the Chargers, like you said, just kind of on brand. They always find a way to kind of make the game close at the end somehow and seem to somehow always lose by a field goal at the end, no matter who they're playing. Uh, a couple crucial plays, you know, there was the missed false start uh, that, that and the Bosa penalties. Uh, Probably the really crucial play was their their field goal kicker missed that field goal with yep. I think it was in the for, in the fourth quarter he just shanked it to the left and you didn't think that was going to be a game losing kick at the time because I think they were still well ahead but it just came back to get them uh, but anytime you got that much of a lead you got to be able to basically just run the clock out I mean your offense needs to be able to just get first downs run the ball keep the clock rolling. Uh, but, you know, with Herbert, they want to throw the ball and you get incompletions that stops the clock. You, you just can't do that. It, that. That's just bad management. I, it comes down to Staley, I think, at, at this point, with how they were able to let a team like that back in. Uh, there shouldn't be enough time on the clock for them to come back from 27 down, uh, I think, mid to late in the second quarter. That's just inexcusable. So, if Staley's on the hot seat, I, I would not blame the Chargers at all. Uh, he has two of the playoffs two years in her. Oh no, they, they didn't miss it. It came down to the wire last year and that actually right. they missed it last season because of Staley again. And, and some of his, his going for it on fourth down in like the first half that cost him that one. So, uh, yeah, they might be looking to go in another direction. You know, maybe his niche should be defensive coordinator, not head coach. Uh, but yeah, it's devastating for the chargers, you know, very exciting for the Jags, but n- not a good situation for the chargers for sure.
2: I will say though Chris that that last game that you know uh, decided the last slot for the the playoffs, the Chargers and the Raiders. That was an amazing. No, game. that was a good, great. That game. was an amazing. Season, it went back yeah. and forth, yeah, overtime. Um, but this one, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. What the heck got into them? Did they go back there and just you know drink a bunch of Gatorades and just figure out? Okay, let's stop playing like a bunch of sissy little cats and actually go out <laughs> here and play like some Jags. I don't know, guys. Trevor Lawrence going out there throwing four picks, just ridiculous, right? But at one time, the Chargers. We're at a ninety-eight point five percent of winning this game, and the oh, yeah. Jags come back from that like that's ridiculous. Yeah. But I will say, Staley should definitely feel jeopardized. He should feel like he's in a hot seat, even though the team um, seems to be, you know, rallying around him and really support him and really love to play for him. But this, this, this game alone. That's on him, you know. Joey Bosa, he did what he did, you know. He's he's heated in the moment, whatever. But that's really on him because I will say that you know Austin Eckler, he finished the game with this lead. Guys, keep this in mind. You got a twenty-seven and zero lead, and Austin Eckler only has thirty-five yards. Like get out of here! You need to be throwing the, you need to be running the ball a lot more than than 13 carries. You need to be handing him the ball, dictate the game, run this game out, and then you know you get to the next round. That's a no brainer. And you know for the Jags, I mean, it's it's super exciting for you guys. And there was a lot of home field calls there to kind of let help you know, um, you know, lead this uh this victory for you guys. But regardless. Cool game came down to the wire. It's kind of what we want to see in the playoffs, and it you know lived up to um, historical uh, moments. This is the third best comeback of NFL history, so um, yeah, it was fun to watch.
0: Yeah, you definitely can't lose a game when you're up 27 nothing. No, and then you definitely can't win a game when you only score three points in the second half. Yeah. So both of them collectively lost this game in regards to offense and defense. Of course, defense just letting the Jaguars completely back in it, uh, which shouldn't happen. And I could see how the offense would be upset about that. But then the defense on the other end of the ball says, you know, hey, you guys only scored three points. So uh, obviously they have issues in Los Angeles. The Chargers need to figure that out. I, I feel like it's been part of their um, culture for a long time. Uh, you know, just, uh, always squeaking by, uh, or if at all, you know, it's always, you know, uh, losing a game by very little, uh, you know, and, and very rarely winning a game by a lot. And so I don't know, it seems like it's more, it's bigger than a coach, you know, there. Um, but, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, Brandon Staley becomes the old scapegoat for for that uh, playoff loss. Um, All right, well, let's move on to the Miami Dolphins, who headed to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Of course, the media favorite Bills. The Dolphins actually put on a great show, great fight, arguably, could have, should have won this game. Uh, Jalen Waddle he missed multiple attempts, multiple passes thrown to him that uh, you know would have been for big yards. And, and Mike McDaniel, head coach of the Miami Dolphins, just doesn't seem to know how to clock manage or, or get his <laughs> team out there to hike the ball before the you know the play counts over. I mean that was just amazing to me to see how many timeouts that they had to call and burn uh, just just because of that. Um, I was you know, I was really impressed, I suppose, considering that the Dolphins were not playing with their starting quarterback to Otago Viloa and kept it competitive and arguably probably should have beat the bills. uh, but it wasn't necessarily because the bills looked. Uh, bad. The Bills didn't look great, but they didn't look terrible, you know. Um, so uh, I, I think that the Dolphins were able to give them a run for their money, and, and like I said, they, they could have very easily won this game. Uh, what do you think about the
1: Bills moving forward and and, and the job that uh, Miami did uh, in Buffalo? Yeah, anytime you're playing a division rival like that, third time you play them, you, they're generally going to be pretty tight games. Uh, Bills, for sure, look vulnerable, and yeah, if you're a Dolphins fan, I don't know how mad you can be right now at your coach for not being able to get a damn play-in in time three times on a crucial drive you gotta burn all your timeouts that you really desperately needed later on in the game it, it took away your chance to come back one more last try and then on a fourth and what a, a couple feet you can't get a play-in right <laughs> you get a delay of game uh, oh, that's just horrible. Like it's that literally can't happen. I mean, that's that's like preseason stuff. That's stuff that you you kind of maybe have an issue with here and there in the preseason, but you get it figured out and uh yeah, that that's kind of that's inexcusable. Like Staley blowing a twenty seven to nothing lead. Uh, you not able to get calls in, that's inexcusable. Um you know, that they'll they'll be a good team going forward. We'll see what happens at the quarterback position. I know that the the general manager is saying that Tua is their guy, but We'll see what happens there, but the Bills definitely look vulnerable. Um, that's going to be a huge matchup. It's the matchup we're we're kind of hoping for that Bengals Bills matchup. Both teams looked in danger of losing. I know we'll get to the other one coming up, but yeah, the, the Bills. You know, they're not the juggernaut that that the media was saying they are. Uh, obviously, they've had a lot of injuries, um, but you know that's kind of the nature of the NFL now. So uh, great game. I thought it was going to be a blowout. Miami was down. I think it was almost, it was like 17, nothing, something like that. And uh, yeah, for them to come back and, and almost should have, would have, could have pulled it out at the end if it wasn't for their ineptitude and getting plays in. Uh, so great, entertaining game. Uh, would have been a major upset with the third string quarterback. Uh, but yeah, it just kind of shows the talent that they've got uh, on that squad. So good things to come with for
2: them. Guys, yeah, something to be expected, right? The Bills come out there, put a schlacking on the Dolphins, and then Dolphins miraculously were in the game. I was like, whoa, they actually have a chance to get this. Guys, if I was a Dolphins fan, I would hate how they ended this game. I I, I get it. You get beat, beat, but don't beat yourself. And the, the coach and, and the, even the maybe the quarterback, I don't know, you know young guy out there, second stream, whatnot, they need to get the. They need to get out there, get get to the ball, snap it, and you know uh, run the next Skyler play efficiently. <laughs> but you, you can't be coming out there. And and I will say this though, in their defense, I think that the. Um, on that last possession on their march down to, you know, win the game. I think that um, you know, that third down, I think that was pretty crucial. I think that's why they were so hesitant because the refing they blew that call. They they marked that ball you know, yard or maybe yard and a half back from where it should have been. And with that third down, excuse me, that was second down, with the third down, that should have got them the first down. And so the fourth down came up and it was fourth and inches. And so technically speaking, with the missed calls, you know, which the booth, I don't understand it. There's booths, there's people sitting up there and they could definitely radio down to the guys on the field like hey you know you should probably move that back up a yard um or, or you know be a little more efficient that way but that was a huge um huge miss for you know the bills and again that's a home field uh home field call for the bills but uh, regardless i thought it was cool to see the miami lease in it and had a chance to it just would have been nice to see them um you know get to the line of fourth and inches and run the quarterback sneak right because everyone is expecting it, because that's what works in those type of situations which was a no-brainer um, and you know at least have a chance to win the game um, rather than kind of get caught on their heels and then make some ding-dong plays on the fourth fourth down that wasn't really efficient anyway um, but all said that you know all, with all that being said you know the next week should be exciting so um, it's pretty it's to be expected so
0: would have been a great upset man boy would that have rocked yeah. everybody's mind <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the Dolphins with a backup quarterback of Skyler Thompson went in and into Buffalo and uh, beat the media favorite Buffalo Bills man my goodness uh, uh, that 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 would have been great and why they didn't work the ball more to to, to Hill uh, Tyreek Hill I I, I don't I understand but uh, there's going to be a lot of um, self-assessment uh, in Miami I'm, I'm sure well let's move on to the I hate to totally tell, tell you I told you so. Uh but the Vikings uh they they hosted the New York Giants and the and the Giants beat them 31-24. Um you know, I yeah, I'm going to take my uh, my bow here. I totally called this upset here because uh, again in especially in this stage I feel that uh, defense uh, wins out. Um and uh, the Giants definitely have a better defense than the uh, Vikings do. I mean, the Vikings are like the worse what were they like 13 and four (laughs) team in the NFL? I mean, talk about what a wonderful record you would think just based off of the record that these guys are a juggernaut, but they're not quite that. Uh, So what happened here, Minnesota at home, um, definitely the uh, the 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 favorite. I wasn't sure actually. I didn't see what the point spread was to this. Doesn't matter. Point is, is that uh, uh, Daniel Jones, man, he 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 did it. He threw for three hundred one yards, two touchdowns. And the thing I like about Daniel Jones is that he doesn't turn the ball over. I think he averages like one point zero six turnovers a game uh, for his career. You know, um, and I think that that uh, is is. Uh, priceless when it comes to the playoffs yeah. um you know uh, we're gonna get to dak dak who tends to uh you know at least give the ball over twice in a game he was very good the other night but uh nonetheless uh you know i think that's a difference maker you know so um wh- what do you think what do you think of the giants what do you think of uh, the vikings and uh, was this expected uh seemingly so um and uh, uh how do you how do you think uh, the giants are going to do moving forward
1: yeah, it's kind of ironic that the Vikings went 11 and 0 during the regular season with uh in one-score games, set an NFL record, and then they're in a one-score game in the playoffs and they lose. Right. <laughs> it just it, it kind of got the script flipped on them, which I think kind of shows you that they weren't really as good as their record was. They they were able to eke out a lot of wins. Uh, but come playoff time, you know you're you're facing a much better quality opponent, and and to your point, defense and not turning the ball over is going to keep you in and win you a lot of games. And Kirk Cousins, what is it, fourth and eight, and you're throwing like a three-yard out? Like, I mean, at least throw the ball past the (laughs) first-yard marker. Why even have a route that's before the the yard marker anyway? Uh, Not a good last play. But, yeah, I I think they just got beat by a better team. Daniel Jones had a great game. Uh, It looked like when anytime there was no receivers open, he took off running and killed them with their legs as well. And, uh, you know, they're a good, solid team. We'll see what happens uh, with with the them and the Eagles you know another division uh, rivalry game so that should be entertaining should be probably a close game and anything can happen in the NFL so we'll see going forward but a lot of promising uh, thing with the Giants. Uh, so yeah, they're gonna be a tough out. Also,
2: whoa! The Giants found their sweet spot, guys. Daniel Jones can run a quarterback option very, very well. I think we saw that this weekend, and when they really need some extra yards, he can get it to he can get it for them. Um, he ran the ball 17, 17 times uh, for a total of seventy eight yards. I think that was X Factor. He actually did yeah. it on his legs. Yes, and then that opened up you know the throwing lanes for him, and I think they were just you know, beating that down in the first quarter, first half even, um, and to the point where Vikings, they had to stop him. They had to stop him. So open up the passing lanes. Daniel Jones did a phenomenal job. He had a perfect game, guys. This is a perfect game for the Giants. This is the way they want to play with Saquon Barkley coming in on those, you know, red zone drives and getting the ball in the end zone. And then Kirk Cousins, you know, he didn't have a terrible game either. He just got beat. They just got beat red handily. Yeah. The Giants had a better defense. You know the Vikings don't have a good defense, and I will say with Kirk Cousins, he was unexpectedly didn't turn the ball over, didn't have any picks, didn't even have any fumbles, and it just was a clean game pretty much on both sides of the ball. And you just saw the Giants just go out there put a licking on the Vikings, and they just beat them. And they're a better team uh, for that game. And I'm excited to see uh, at least them, you know, to compete next next week against the Eagles because the Eagles kind of very similar with the you know the offensive scheme that they run. So that'll be a good one. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to Sunday night's game between the Baltimore
0: Ravens who uh, headed to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. The Ravens fell to the Bengals 1724, but arguably again, the Ravens could have won this game. Um, the uh, Huntley goal line leap uh, that uh, probably not the greatest decision made um, in that batted ball that turned into that coast to coast fumble recovery by the Bengals um, was definitely a, 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 a turning point for the, for the for the game. So again, you have these favorite teams in the AFC, like the Buffalo Bills, who nearly lost to the Miami Dolphins. You got the Cincinnati Bengals who barely beat the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens were working without their starting quarterback Lamar Jackson. Uh, so is your confidence uh you know swayed uh in um with the Cincinnati Bengals moving forward? Are you are you less confident in these uh these, these favorite teams, uh, the Bills and the Bengals, uh, moving forward, have, have has is there a chink in their armor, so to speak?
1: I think it's a, another case of another division rival playing for the third time. Those games tend to always be close, it seems like. But, yeah, uh, that that quarterback for the Ravens, Huntley, like what are you doing at the goal line? That's like a, a pretty well-known rule. You don't stick the ball out because you're, you're going to get swiped unless you're like on the one-foot line. You can't do that. And they were on, like, the two. They they were they were way too far away for that. And it, it cost them the game. You know, they almost had that little miracle tip at the very end. They tipped off the guy's hands right. that could have maybe forced overtime. So, you know, they were just that close. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, the Bills and the Bengals, when you're those kind of great teams – you find ways to win games like that where the other team just kind of hangs around and, and to their credit, they did, even though the other teams made those costly mistakes, that's what you do. You don't make the costly mistake. The other team does it. And uh, you know, good for them for that. So we get to see the the big clash of the Bengals and the bills uh, which we kind of are happy that we're going to see that because there is unfinished business from uh, the game that, that got canceled. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as a Raven fan, if, if you are one, you got to be disappointed with, with that play at the goal line. And then you also got to be disappointed with, uh, the whole Lamar Jackson situation. And, uh, I, I think we all pretty much here, we're talking about it last episode where it just seems like if he had his money, he would have paid, he would have played, uh, but he's not paid. So he's not playing and it, it, could have cost your team, you know, an advancement. Because if he played in this game, who knows what would happen? But you, you got to like their chances.
2: Yeah, well, it's kind of like a spoiled kid not getting his toy, right? Um, if I was a Ravens guy, uh, again, they blew this game. They had this game. Um, not only were they going to score, but you know, they almost went down and marched down the field again after that ridiculous. Um, attempt by Huntley um, and they almost scored again and so really the defense from the Ravens actually held up they did a phenomenal job against the yeah. Bengals and I think you know just stopping Joe Mixon to 39 yards and that's that's kind of the secret rep- recipe I think Burrow if you put some pressure on him you kind of maybe double up his favorite Jamar Chase and then you lock up Mixon that's probably a recipe to beat the Bengals and I think the Ravens knew that they just did not execute on the offensive end and they they literally let this game slip again this was the game for them to, they should have went out there and won this game uh, and we would have been seeing maybe potentially two upsets you know uh, over this past, past weekend you know with maybe the Dol- the Dolphins not choking but also you know the Ravens for sure choking and giving those games away so um, another good one can't complain right it's to be expected
0: yeah, it does make you wonder though if uh, Jackson did decide to play, if if that would have been the difference maker. I think it actually would have. I think I think Baltimore could have won that game. Um, of course, you know, not knowing the the full extent of his injuries, I know that he stated what his injuries are. Uh, you know, of course, you, you, you there's there's probably some truth in there, and and, and maybe some not. I, I did find it kind of concerning though that uh, one day after the the, the loss, uh, Lamar uh, took to Twitter and he said, uh, "When you have something good." You don't play with it. You don't take chances losing it. You don't neglect it. When you have something good, you pour into it. You appreciate it because when you take care of something good, that good thing take, can, takes care of you too. So kind of a cryptic <laughs> message, but yeah. obviously repeat, reading between the lines, like you were saying, Kevin kind of sounds like a little spoiled kid, you know, um, and that uh, he probably was holding out because he was feeling underappreciated. Yep. He wasn't getting a, enough lap time with all ownership and head coaches and getting the head pats and stuff that uh I three guess games away from
2: the super bowl like, exactly come on
0: i know going back to like michael vick michael vick was catching some heat because he said uh what he say he said uh, you're three games away from the super bowl put on it put a brace on it um get into <laughs> it get it going put a brace on it let's go i played a whole season on a sprain MCL. Um, you know, it's, there's, there's both sides to that. Right. you know, cause you got to protect yourself and your brand and your, your, your body, but you know, you also, you know, there's something to when it comes to battling it out. And like you said, in our previous show, Chris, where it's like, if he had that big paid contract, would he have played? you know, and, and um, I don't know, I, I would l- like to think that he would have been out there if he got his money. So it sounds like uh, uh, sour grapes here and he's, he's just pouting and throwing himself a pity party on the sideline. So I don't know that it, it raises questions and what his future's like in Baltimore. Um, let's right. move on to uh, Monday night. Uh, the uh, Cowboys, they headed to Tampa Bay to take on Cham Brady and the Buccaneers. Uh, the Cowboys uh, America's team they beat the Buccaneers 31-14. Uh, Tom Brady had never lost to the Cowboys before. Yeah, I think he was like 8-0 or maybe 7-0 and now he's uh, 8-1 or 7-1 as uh, however it, it goes. Um and and boy did he look flat. Like he just did not look good. Dak, however, looked great. He looked on point. He he didn't I don't think he turned the ball at all or, or turned it over, you know, the entire game, which is just, you know, uh, amazing. Um, and uh, the Cowboys defense Man, they were they were aggressive. They were all over Brady. Brady was definitely pressured, definitely razzled. Um, and uh, uh you know, it, it just was all Cowboys all night, except for the field goal uh kicker. Uh he had the extra point cover. He was he missed four in a row. I think that's the first time that's ever happened, so that was kind of uh insane to see. Uh yeah, Dallas Cowboys moving on, heading to take on the San Francisco 49ers. That's a classic. Looking forward to that, looking forward to the test that Brock Purdy's going to see. But but as far as the uh, the goats concerned, like I said, flat performance, What does his future look like? Is he going to be in Tampa Bay? Is he going to be in the league next year? Um, and, uh, you know, what, what did you think about this game?
1: Yeah, this is uh, for Brady. I think it's definitely his last game in Tampa. I think if he doesn't find a really good pre made ready to go situation, i.e. Miami or Vegas, that he he might hang him up because he just doesn't have the arm anymore. Like his, he misses throws. He normally never misses. He doesn't have the same velocity. Uh, he did make a really great throw at the end there to Evans that just tipped off his hand. Looked right. like Evans probably should have laid out for that one, uh, but it just didn't have the continuity this year offensively. There's just something missing. It uh, just don't have the uh, the hook, the cohesiveness there anymore. So I, I think he's definitely on his way out from there, and he'll he'll look for greener pastures. And, you know, he might come back next season and, and be great again. But I think he's definitely lost something on his arm. So he needs he, he needs weapons. <laughs> he needs more weapons. He can't do it like he used to where he can just kind of go out there with one guy and just, just go out there and, and win. Uh, but the Cowboys, obviously, a much better team, especially defensively. Even when Brady had good teams, if you got pressure on him, you could beat him. And uh, the Cowboys were able to do that. So it's going to be another classic match of those Cowboys and 49ers playoff matchup. It's going to be a revenge match from last season because the 49ers did beat the Cowboys in Dallas in the first round last year, so now the Cowboys are going to go into Frisco, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, you got two great defenses going at it. Two, I don't know if I'd say the Cowboys are a great offense, but the they they did play great against the Bucks, so we'll see what happens there. That's going to be a good matchup, and it's probably going to come down to those turnovers. So who is it going to be? Is it going to be the rookie, or is it going to be uh, Dak his ass turning it over again? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> We're going to see what happens there. But impressive win for the Cowboys. Uh, moving on as as they should. My you know ending an era for for Brady in Tampa. I think I would be shocked if he goes back to Tampa. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Exciting for that that Cowboy Niners matchup.
2: Yeah, guys, tell me why I was watching this game and I was thinking all the way down to the final minute. I'm talking about the fourth quarter. You know, we're coming around to the, where the fat lady starts getting ready to start seeing. Um, I, I was saying to myself, no, nope, Tom Brady's still in this, guys. <laughs> He's still going to find a way <laughs> to come back and beat the Cowboys. <laughs> Dak is still good for two more picks and, you know, the refs could seize time, right? They can they can stop time and have Tom Brady go throw for, you know, a, a, a quick score and then, you know, maybe an you know, on onside kick, and you know who knows, right? But um, yeah, it I, it was very surprising um, to see Tom Brady actually lose. In the first round, uh, it, it's it's good to see. It's kind of like um, a bittersweet for sure. Um, something that uh, all of us, I, I mean, I'm, especially me, um, definitely enjoyed watching, um, but didn't expect, couldn't believe it. You know, it was like, no, is this really real? And as far as the answer to your question, Scott, no. I don't think Tom Brady will be in Tampa Bay anymore. I don't see a reason for him to be. And if, the, if he is going to be, then he needs to demand a better running back because, you know, Leonard Fournette, he's not doing it. 11 yards. He's supposed to be their guy. You know, they got rid of, you know, what was his, uh, Jones, uh, Ronald Jones Jr. out there. Or, you know So the, he's not coming. So I, I don't know what you're going to do with Tom. I mean, you can't really, you can't walk away. You can't hang it up because then you got to say your ex-wife is right. And you know you got to divorce for no reason, so you can't do that, guys. That's true, so, though. And you got to go to the Patriots, man. They're the only team that'll probably accept you back because of all the longevity and just that you know bittersweet you know looking through rose colored glasses in the past. And so that's the team to go to if you're if you're Brady. You were literally one game shy of making the playoffs, and literally they don't their quarterback play. He's not the best, and maybe he can learn a thing or two from to, from Tom Brady himself. And you know if he's just not good and he has to. Hang it up then what better place to hang it up in new england and um Yeah, that's what I think. And I think obviously next week, everyone's stoked for the the Cowboys and 49ers game for sure.
0: Like a football rom-com. He heads back to New England to play for the Patriots, makes his way all the way back to the Super Bowl only to win and to tell Giselle he wants (laughs) her back from the podium and they get back together and the credits roll. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's, I I agree with you that he's he's not definitely uh, not going to be back in Tampa. There's a lot of ready-made teams. We've mentioned them before, Miami, uh, Vegas, you know, of course, returning to his his roots in uh, New England, um, I suppose might be on the table. Uh, not sure about that. Um, but uh, yeah, the arm looked flat. Uh, it didn't look good. The It looked like uh, the, the the fat lady was singing on old uh, Tom Brady and uh, it, it looked like the party was over, right?
1: The
2: party's <laughs> over, Grandpa. So,
0: you know, um <laughs> Tom Brady, much love to you, the GOAT, uh, but it just wasn't working. It wasn't working uh, uh, the other night against the Cowboys. Well, let's look to the divisional round of the playoffs real quick. We've already commented on them a little bit here and there, but uh, let's just go ahead and look at Saturday's games. Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Kevin, your Chiefs Woo. in Kansas City. Uh, what are we thinking? Of course, I'm, I'm expecting the Kansas City Chiefs to, to roll over uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars is anybody predicting an upset here? And, and, and what are your thoughts in regards to, to the Chiefs moving forward now that they've had their buy and are, are are now in this?
1: Yeah, I think the Chiefs handle business. I, I think it actually probably will be closer than it should just because Jacksonville, the way that their momentum is going and sometimes the Chiefs can just get into these, these stagnant modes in the games where they'll, they'll just go several possessions and not do anything. Uh, it's, sometimes they start out slow at home. So I, I think Chiefs pull it out, but it should be closer than it, – it's going to be closer than it should be. Uh, but Chiefs will pull it out in advance. Yeah,
2: I agree. Especially at home. Casey, you guys have, this is it, right? You guys gotta, you know, this is why you want home field advantage. So, the only upset I'm calling right now is if Travis Kelsey doesn't score three touchdowns out there, because I don't think anyone on the Jags defense should be able to, to stop Kelsey and that will be the biggest X factor in my book. Um, and I, I see the Chiefs taking this one and uh, getting to the next round. Absolutely. New York
0: Giants are going to head to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Uh, you know, this say should be a good game um yep. but every time i say it should be a good game it seems like it's not uh you know everybody's expecting the philadelphia eagles to just roll over the giants but i, I think that the giants had kind of a statement win against minnesota saying wait you know check yourself we're not out of this uh you got to take us mm-hmm. seriously so message received here on philadelphia's end and uh do they handle business is it a close game what are your guys thoughts about this matchup
1: Yeah, I'm thinking this is going to be another Miami and Buffalo and uh, Baltimore and Bengals where the Giants are going to be in this game, maybe with a shot to win it Uh, there at the end. I I think Philadelphia still squeaks it out, but this is going to come down to it. This will be a good hard-fought match.
2: Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. This is two very, very similar teams like we were saying previously, but it really comes down to X factor for the Eagles. You know, Miles Sanders, how efficient he's going to be on the ground and is he going to be hitting these holes, opening up the passing lanes for, you know, for Hertz later on. So uh, I'm picking the Eagles regardless uh, to get to the next round.
0: All right, and Sunday's morning game will be the uh, the game that was not. uh, Cincinnati Bengals now heading to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills. I imagine this is going to be, you know, uh, that... uh um, oh gosh, how would I describe it? Like the the the, the good TV that broadcasters are looking forward to this matchup It's going to be a lot of those <laughs> pre-game sizzle reels. Uh I, I imagine DeMar Hamlin's going to be there, you know, waving yeah. the three flag around, you know, if his heart permits. Um, you know, it's we're going to get a lot of that. And rightly so, I suppose, but it's going to be great to see that this game finally actually happens. Um because I think uh I think everybody's kind of collectively deserves in, in and it deserves to see this, you know, uh, take place. So what are your thoughts? Do the Bengals go into Buffalo and upset the, upset the Bills? I, I kind of think that they can.
1: Um, uh, what, what are your guys' thoughts about this game? Yeah, this is the NFL cream dream game. <laughs> That's the game right, they exactly. really wanted to happen that we didn't get to see a few weeks back. And, uh, you, you know, it, it was would have been nice to see those upsets in the, in the first round, but I'm still happy we're going to see this matchup because these have been two of the top teams in the AFC along with the Chiefs, and they're going to face it off and see who really deserves to go on. And uh, I know a lot of the money is going to be on Buffalo, but I think the Bengals are actually going to pull this one out. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the
2: Bengals will actually go into Buffalo and do it. Guys, yeah, this is like the Golden Globes for the NFL, just a star-studded <laughs> roster, right? Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, David Singletary, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs. I mean, the the list goes on and on, and these guys, they're great teams, and, and admittedly so, good defenses all around the board. The only thing I could predict out of this one, other than just being a, cost, a coin toss at this moment, is, is uh, Tony Romo is going to be announcing his game. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I mean, I, I honestly, this could go up in the air. Any one of these teams could grab this game. Um, I'm, I'm going for the Bengals. I, I think the Bengals might get this one, um, but again, I don't know any given Sunday. But I know that. Tony Romo will be annoying me (laughs) the whole damn game and that's the only thing I know I can count on.
0: Yeah, and you'd like to have the Bengals win because then if your Kansas City Chiefs win, then they'll have home field advantage uh, against the Bengals, of course. All right, and finally, the Dallas Cowboys are going to uh, head to Santa Clara to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, San Francisco 49ers have the Mr. Irrelevant, completely irrelevant sensation, Brock Purdy, as quarterback. Oh man, a massive of defense and a high-flying offense at that. I don't know. Are the 49ers even beatable? I think if anybody's going to give them a run for the money, uh, it's going to be that uh, Cowboys defense. Not entirely sure about their offense because we all know that they have issues. Dak Prescott has issues and sometimes Dak
2: Dak is ass.
0: You know, we have those issues <laughs> where Dak is ass um, and 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 we definitely didn't see it the, last, the other night against the Buccaneers. That's for sure. Dak looked great. I'm going to give him credit there, but sometimes Dak is ass. And that is what you have to deal with. So uh, what are you guys' thoughts about this matchup? Dallas Cowboys, 49ers, classic, 90s classic, mid-90s classic for sure. (laughs) I feel like I'm being transported back to 1994. Um, uh, What what do you think of this, and uh, who do you think takes it?
1: Yeah, I think uh, the Niners come out on top because obviously they're my Super Bowl pick. I think that uh, the Niners do what the Bucs can't. Uh, the, The Niners can run the ball. And the Cowboys have been susceptible uh, to the run. The Buccaneers can't run the ball at all. So they didn't have to deal with it. They could just pass rush all day long, which is their strength. So they dominated the Bucs. You can't do that against the 49ers. They're going to run at you. They're going to run up the middle. They're going to run at the edges. They're going to throw screens. uh, They're going to play action hit you deep. So the Cowboys are going to have to be on their real A game to win this. That can't turn it over. Um but I, I think the 49ers got too much firepower for them on both sides of the field. So I think Dallas goes into Frisco and,
2: and, and goes home. Guys, this is a good one. I'm super excited about this one. I have to say, it, I think that this one's going to be the exact – opposite of what we're all anticipating i think this is going to be a sleep fest i think it's literally going to be like a nine to three or nine to six kite type game and there's going to be a slop play on both sides of the offensive ball um i hope not but i'm just what i'm predicting i think Dak's good for two interceptions i think the the rookie purdy i think he's going to get pressured pressured and throw a couple picks himself and i think it'll be like a you know 12-9 12 to 9 type game and uh, I see the Cowboys pulling through I think that they can win and uh, yeah I'm gonna pick the Cowboys on this one
0: ah that would be something right definitely like you said not what anybody's predicting or thinking for sure um, and it could very well go that way because again like we said and been talking about Purdy has not necessarily been tested heavily with a front four that is constantly out after him the entire game so great test for him great great to see where how real the 49ers are are. I think they're very real. And, and if, a, if a team can do it and squeak it through, I, I believe it, it could be the Dallas Cowboys. So that's going to be a great matchup to see. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here at Sideline the Agenda. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. and Give us a five-star review and tell your friends about the show. Follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. My name is Scott. That's Kevin. That's Chris. Chris, and this has been Sideline the Agenda get off the sideline and into the game
2: party's over grandpa